guys is this better is this better yep perfect perfect good okay sorry about that <laughs> it's been a crazy crazy day we have a lot to talk about today i kind of gave you a hint in the morning but i left it be because it was very very important damn fucking bergy and his impatient ass now in the meantime let's watch this amazing tribute uh while we get everything ready to go. You need to see how we're winning. I think it's really, really important that we see it. People don't get to see. Are you kidding? Is this really acting up on me now? It totally is. Oh, gosh. All right, let's do this again. All right, guys, I'm back. There was a little bit of a stall here. Um, guess uh, we shouldn't be talking about the things we want to talk about. In the meantime, let's get to this Really nice 555 video. Thank you, Broken Anthem. I can feel it coming in the air now. Oh, Lord. And I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. incredible thank you broken anthem that was an incredible 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 um video montage one winter day a farmer found a snake by the roadside stiff and motionless with cold if you put me inside your shirt the snake said your body will make me warm and i won't freeze to death oh i know you're kind replied the farmer if i pick you up you'll bite me Oh no, the snake objected. Why would I do such a thing if you're good enough to help me? Oh no. So the farmer had compassion on the snake and taking it up, 
He put it inside his shirt. The warmth quickly revived the snake and resuming its natural instincts, it bit its benefactor, inflicting on him a mortal wound. Oh, cried the farmer with his last breath. Why did you bite me? You promised you wouldn't. Ah, said the snake, so I did, but you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. That, one should say, deters people many times to do good, to speak kindly, to embrace a snake, because you know it's a snake. You know its instinct, but you still embrace it because you believe in redemption. You believe in forgiveness. And one might say, well, no good deed goes unpunished. That is what the moral of this poem is. But the thing is, the only way you make change, the only way you destroy a snake is by again and again embracing it until one snake decides to change. This is how things change. You cannot destroy evil because it is evil now, but not later. It is evil yesterday, but not today. Some of the biggest changes towards good that we've had in our history since it's been written is by snakes finding redemption. I mean, you can cut off a tail, a head, but it'll be another one right behind it to replace it. So it's not about eliminating the snake. It's by hoping that it will change. But here's the thing. Sometimes if you take a snake and you embrace it, knowing it's a snake, and the snake decides to bite you, and everyone sees that the snake, parcel tongue and all, mesmerized them all and bit you. Oh, boy. I guess that's where you pay the piper can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. See, this story of redemption, this is with the hope of redemption, right? The person passed, but he saw good in doing the deed well. So if you help, it will not bite you, right? Well, what if you took that snake in knowing it's a snake and everybody knew it's a snake, or at least that it was a shady snake and you embraced it? And some glorified the snake. What an amazing snake. What an amazing this. What is amazing this. And suddenly the snake bites you. What will the rest of the people do? What will the rest of the people do? This week, last week was preparation. This week is insane. I mean, we have jury selection for, you know, the Epstein trial that you're not supposed to be looking at. I'm almost tempted to go down there so I can stream it, but I can't. But we also have a ton going on. Lawsuits being filed, right? Left and right. A Christmas parade before Thanksgiving, but okay. 
I mean, we do shop for Christmas and holiday decorations are out in September, so why not? Gets plowed and mowed through by a pimp, pedophile. Uh, we have talk of, oh, I'm going to remove Kamala Harris and replace her. Uh, you can't really do that, but okay. Sure. I mean, you've done everything else. You've taken people rights away. You've had an actual domestic terrorist calling for a federal coup right up this OSHA thing that is supposed to bind people. You're in court with all of the attorney generals that wish to retain ultimate power for their states. You have another lawsuit that has been filed, which by the way, I filed in SCOTUS today as well. And more's coming into SCOTUS and there is a lot going on. And then, you know, this morning, you know, a lot of people, you know, it really upsets me. I want to address this. Say, you're so salty about Ali Akbar. I can't stand talking about that fairy and dancing twinkle toes or whatever. It's like, don't you get it? He was the source of it all. He was the guy that coordinated it, one of them. And he's the easiest one to fall. To what length will he go? to cover the tracks of who funded and who organized. Now, while many say you're salty, damn, he tapped my shadow with Shadowgate. He totally did. But what I'm going to tell you is I know who paid him to do what he did to Millie and myself. I know who demanded that Alex Jones fire Millie Weaver, same person that paid Ali Akbar. Oh, guess what? And there's texts and audio and Alex Jones admitting it. <sighs> with paper trail, <laughs> all of that. So I already know. Well, why didn't you say anything about Tiny Dancer and who demanded to fire Millie before? Because I'm a patient bitch when it comes to some things. I mean, anyone that knows me knows that if I have an idea, I want that shit done yesterday. It's like, what? Yesterday, done. I, I you know, it's been done. Like, oop, idea, Shh, done since yesterday. I am so patient when it comes to certain things because I guess... It caused me harm. Alex Jones attacked my child, right? Attacked my child. I'm going to let it lie for now. Because see, sometimes you take the enemy and you allow them to build on a pedestal. Then you take snakes, lots of them, and you see where they slither to and what platform they decide to choose and how high they want to go and how tall they want to be because the taller the fucking throne is, the harder they freaking fall. And it's not about targeting them directly. Yes, you target them. Yes, you say I'm watching. But what you do is you take out their support one by one by one. So today I said, you know, and I said it last week too, hey, if we want to talk January 6th, you're going to see that Alex Jones and Ali Akbar will be the segue for them to take out President Trump. And guess what? They just subpoenaed Roger Stone. Oh my gosh, there's a commutation, not a pardon, which means, hey, Stone, you're going to go back to jail if you don't turn up. So one, he's got to turn up. Two, he's got to produce documents, phone calls, records, and texts. They've got him blocked. Stone can't sit there and do what, you know, uh, Steve Bannon did. But Steve Bannon isn't even in that group. He's like completely separate. Do not misconstrue Steve Bannon in the same basket with that Akbar dude. Steve Bannon is really bringing it now. He's amazing. Now, Ali Akbar, on the other hand, well, now Stone... Huh, is fucked. 
he's completely fucked because he can't say no. He can't not respond because there's a commutation of sentence. And the stipulations of those is that you don't commit another crime. They are just waiting. They are just waiting for an excuse to chuck him right back behind bars. And you know who's going to help them do it? Alex Jones and Ali Akbar. <laughs> Watch it happen. Now, what's amazing is, is that sometimes, you know, you never interrupt your enemies when they're destroying themselves. And here's where you're going to watch it. Uh, you know, it's going to be so hard because not only <laughs> will they be exposed for what they are and what they did during the elections, before the elections, after the elections, right? But they're going to be the reason Stone may go back to jail because, again, the committee has the commutation sentence hanging over his head. He steps out of line, they could fucking throw him behind bars. So now think about it. If my on Ali Akbar and Alex Jones, I would be shitting my pants. I would be making, you know, my last rights out. He's fucked. Because those are the guys that are going to help take him down. Why? Because you can lie all you want to America, Akbar, but there's text messages. Shit, I even live stream you bitching that you had no seat and you weren't welcome at that event and you weren't part of the event. I have that shit on video. On fucking video. You could say whatever. Oh, President Trump wanted me in the front. <laughs> no, you didn't. Your seats weren't even there. You waited until Straka and all of them came. They didn't like the fact that they were assigned seats by the White House that were mingling with other people. You hijacked it, called yourself, oh, I'm the stop the steal guy. Why? Because guess why, guys? I want you to take a wild guess. I wouldn't take it past that that Arizona guy, Mark, may have been banging with Ali Akbar. I mean, that's his MO. Don't know, but I totally fucking put my money on it. I totally put my fucking money on it, right? That Finchman, you know, Fincham, <laughs> Finchman, Fincham, uh, Mark Fincham from, you know, Arizona. He had given Ali Akbar credentials to get into his Twitter. So Ali was tweeting on behalf of Mark Finch Fincham, Fincham, Mark Fincham of Arizona. And I shared an article from the Phoenix News Times. I've totally archived that. Well, I didn't. My coworker did. And um, in there, you'll see text. That he's like, can I tweet this? Can I tweet about McCain? Remember, Ali Akbar was friends with McCain. <laughs> and they were close, like super close, like super duper close. I should share this with you so you can see it yourself because right now Roger Stone's life is hanging on Alex Jones and Ali Akbar. Dude, that's like a fucking nightmare. And um, I want to show this to you guys. Here's the article. Let's get to the really good text um, where he's talking about McCain. He's like, I don't want to give him. Oh, look, they've taken it down. Don't worry. We have it. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let's get this puppy up for you guys so you can watch it. I mean, it's important that you do. Let's change the screen. 
Oh, look at them throwing cover for his butt. But is that the new Karl Rove? <laughs> you know, Karl Rove can't stand him because he actually doxed a, a, a clandestine agent, ruined her cover, but whatever. All right, here we go. Let's go to the really good texts. There's a lot of them, but I want to go to the good ones. And then he said, Kelly Ward tweeted it instead. We're talking about hotels, money, pictures. Ooh, he had National File run an article for him talking about hotel rooms and heart messages. <laughs> I know, right? You totally heart Ali Akbar's. <laughs> Let me see. Where's the McCain one? That's the good one. Let's see. McCain, McCain, McCain. Here we go. Let's zoom in. Ollie. Um, Ollie. That's why I'm suggesting, oh no, Mark tells Ollie. That's why I'm suggesting Saturday evening after the craziness is over if you have time. If not, there's always another day. Ollie says, awesome. Can I tweet this from you? In the immortal words of John McCain, hold the dang hearing. Request from a friendly. Not sure I want to give McShane credit for anything. Like, can I tweet this from you? In the immortal words of John McCain, hold the dang hearing. Request from a friendly. Oh. Kelly tweeted it already. That's a good Kelly tweet. I'd rather pass on that one. Oh, still thumping McStain. <laughs> Can't stop from his first 50 ways to be your lover, right? Can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop, right? See, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people are like, Tori, if you knew this, you can, you know, say, it. why would I tell you? You've got to see it yourself. I could tell you everything. I can tell you everything. Yes, Kelly Ward. I can tell you everything, but you're not going to be able to see it. I can. Some guy was like, you know, you're no better. You're not telling. And it's like, uh, it's like telling a blind person, Hey, look, and they're going to be like, are you kidding? I can't see that. So it's pointless, but now you can see it. Right. Cause all these little people, Oh, Tori's just salty. Cause he called her out. He went down there and he found what he got a DD two fourteen, Didn't he? So where is it? Oh, he's got a fake page making claims. That could have been something that Brennan from one of my identities had put there. No big deal. But that's not mine. I never made that claim. So what? You went down there. You're like, I got her DD-214. So you're admitting that I was in the military. But she wasn't in like that profile, the fake profile that's not mine. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then everyone runs with it. Everyone runs with it. Like a fucking idiot. Everyone runs with it. But now, here's the deal. When you're someone that's a political operative, you usually choose sides. I don't know why people choose sides. That's just so dumb. You could be independent and ride your own coattails. Why do you need someone else's, right? Why do you need someone else's? So... Here we are at the point that people are riding coattails in the political scene and you fucking put your chips on Alex Jones and Ali Akbar. Are you kidding? I know last time Alex Jones got out of line, Stone put him in place when he put out on Instagram that video of Alex in the clown outfit and that had to do with something sexual, but we won't talk about it on air. I want to keep it PG today, right? And those that know, that are listening, know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. But we're going to pretend that that didn't happen. So if you put your chips on losers like that, whatever. You chose your side. 
You chose to keep it right with the MIC. Well, that's not, you can't play with snakes, especially when there's a shit ton of them and they're armed to the teeth and they actually have positions and you don't, right? At that point, you need to choose the people. You need to choose the masses. <laughs> Ali Snack Bar. That's going to be fun to watch because you know what else is fun? Do you remember last week where I talked about Jennifer Lawrence and how Adam Schiff is such a loser and how he showed her doctored tweet and used that and, and he got caught with the doctored tweet. Remember, we like went through the whole thing where he went, they went there and even on the screen, they were doctoring it, right? Mm. She was subpoenaed and her husband, Dustin, were. Dustin, amazing guy, by the way, super amazing guy. I love him. And Jennifer, totally freaking love her. Such amazing people, such amazing people, like super amazing people. I can't get enough of them. They're great people. They're fun people. They're interesting people. And they're very smart and very religious and very on point. And they will do anything for their country. They traveled all across the nation, garnering support so that people can vote. I want to share a photo of me and Dustin where we were hanging out. I think I have mine with um with um Jennifer on Instagram. Totally love them. They're amazing people, amazing people. So these people were subpoenaed today along with uh, Alex Jones and Roger Stone. So this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Okay. A lot of fun to watch. Um, these people are patriots. And the thing is, I got in contact with these people, right? September, um, October. I already know who's behind all of it and who's pulling all the strings. But see, I'm going to wait until it's my turn, okay? So everyone can do the groundwork, give what they know, and then I come in with like, boom. So here's how it's going to go. Um, they're going to ask them questions. They're going to provide things, just like you saw yesterday, um, you know, Ali Akbar um, this morning, right? Or was it this morning? Yeah, early this morning. Where Rolling Stone got a shit ton of messages of how Ali Akbar was like stealing Stop the Seal, right? We talked about it September and October, right? We talked about it, right? So um, I knew about it in July when he started fucking with Mark in Arizona, <laughs> so funny. So funny. So I knew about that. So I think maybe he was upset that I knew about that. So he was an easy target to be deployed to attack million eyes. Still hurt, still insane, right? But still happened. Anyway, um, so Rolling Stone is doing this whole piece. Um, they wrote a they wrote a, an article about Ali Akbar and, and the bad blood. What they didn't write about is how Alex Jones threatened the life of um, the Kremer girls because he demanded that he have a stage when they weren't part of it. Um, he admits, wait a minute, I think I have it here. Let me see if I can play it. Hold on. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Stop. Hold on. Here it is. I want you to listen carefully. Um, and I appreciate him coming on. Uh, and, you know, I get his point, you know, the Declaration of Independence. Okay, you can do whatever you want. Fine. I, I mean, I get it. 
I'm just saying I was there trying to, here's why I'm mad at everybody, okay, who broke into the Capitol, even though they were between the velvet ropes and all of it. I worked with Trump. We wanted a peaceful rally to show that we have millions and they have nobody and that Biden can't fill a parking lot. And, and we thought that's what people would do. And a small minority took it over. But okay, I've taken protest over, so I get it. So I'm just pissed because my mission and my operation got screwed and I see it as a defeat. Other people see it as a victory. I don't see it as a victory. I want to go back to Owen Shore for some comments, then we'll get Pete Santelli's take. Well, I think in general, Alex, there were just, there were unmeasurables and things that happened that were just out of our control that we didn't expect. I mean, Trump had, I mean, I, I've never seen a crowd that big for a speech at the Washington Monument and then inside that was Trump's, the crowd. That was a bigger, bigger crowd than he had his inauguration four years ago. And so, you know, it's like, wow, look at all these millions of people here. And, and we didn't even know at the time, because like you said, I mean, we were having a debate right there. I mean, that's the thing. That, look, trust me, folks, there's no controlled opposition here. We're flying from the seat of our pants. We had a debate, Alex, you and me, the crew, we debated right there on the streets. When should we march? How should we march? What should our message be? Oh, okay, peaceful march. All right, when we're having we debates during the break about, hey, boogaloos are probably good. Leave them alone. Or, you know, don't be mean to the Proud Boys. I'm even hey. So what Owen Schreier says doesn't make sense because we have uh, this video. Yeah, I think so. She said she said his exact words were, let's walk up Pennsylvania. So he's not even fucking walk. At least a part of the way he'll probably walk around the crowd. It's gonna be so fucking sore. So I would hold here until we fuck with I told her let me know when he was fine. We love you. Hey, Trump's coming, he's almost done. Trump's coming. We're gonna wait for him right here. He may even walk their fans, so it's gonna be a story. That's for fucking tourists did that, I guarantee you. It looks like Owen Shore said it's our guys. I don't know. I mean, because I'm deaf in one year. kind of good at lip reading, and we have a better video than that. That was part of our report. At least I constantly have to swap servers. What's going on? Let me finish my show, please. Thank you. Thank you. They're saying he's a federal informant. I don't know if that's true. And so my point is that we didn't realize there were going to be 100,000 people at the Capitol before we were even leaving the Trump speech. We didn't realize people were going to be charged up and, and wanting to breach the Capitol while we were sitting there listening to Trump speak. He wasn't listening to Trump speak because he was down there saying, oh, he's got to finish up. He wasn't even in there, Owen Shoyer, right? Ali Akbar left early and the minute he left, I followed. So it, that's, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Because on the video, he clearly says provocateurs. It's our people. You mean it's all these people with the orange hats. <laughs> but anyway, listen to them. Had we that foresight, which maybe that's our regret that we didn't. Had we that foresight, we would have been more clear. Hey, make sure no one breaches the ground. Make sure they have their hearing. Make sure Trump gets there so we can have a peaceful rally. Well, exactly. But, but let me just say this before we go back to Pete Santilli who's been a political prisoner and been proven to be a political prisoner, uh, quite the, the, the four-leaf clover to actually make it out of it almost. Right? Pete Santilli, who tried to target Colonel Waldron. Shut up. Here's where he admits he hijacked it. Well, not Pete. Just listen. No one else does. Let's expand on this. If people went into Microsoft, that is a eugenics globalist organization, pushing world government, pushing forced inoculations that are killing people, I would say, okay, it's a revolution. And I'm not saying do that, but if people raided the CFR in New York, if people 
raided the Davos group. If people, I would say, well, they're attacking the real enemy. The, the people's house and the Congress, when we're about to win, I'm just saying that's not the right target. That's all I'm saying is it was an idiotic target, and, and, and that's why I get pissed off. Well, that's what happens when you don't have, and again, I've never been a violent revolutionary, never will be, but that's what happens when you think you're going to have a violent revolution or you think you're going to spark a violent revolution or maybe you have that in the back of your mind and you don't well, let's actually— be sure. Let's be sure. The Q thing created this—the main group that went in behind the, 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 the Antifa was Q people, not against the average Q person, but they believed this was, oh, Q, we're winning. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say that it was Q that the Q people that went behind Antifa? So now it's Antifa that went in, not the orange hats, not the guys that Ali hired, right? Wait, you guys have to listen to them speak, right? Because they tell you everything you need to know. I mean, here we are where he's calling for people to trash the CFR if they were going to do forced inoculations. Do you see him calling for that now? And there were no Q people in there. They were all federal agents. We submitted a report where we showed that they were giving actual strategic military trained, the farm textbook, nods, connections, young and old. And in the middle of it was this John Sullivan guy who, by the way, he and his brother were friends with Ali Akbar. Holy shit. Damn. Damn. But anyway, listen to some more so you can understand just how much bullshit these people peddle. Because, you know, someone on Gab was like, oh, my God, it's almost as if you want to destroy Alex Jones. You know, I don't see your point. And I was like, he's going to be bankrupt. And it's like he could hand me the keys. He could just hand me the keys. Because that's what I asked for. You fuck with my kid, you give me your keys, I'll destroy you. That's basically what I said. So this one person was like, hey, Tony, why do you have it in for Alex Jones? Because he fucked with my kid. What possible good could come out of seeing him getting litigated into bankruptcy and removed from the airways? Because he fucked with my kid. That appears to be your purpose. Because he fucked with my kid. Alex has been serving the Patriot community for decades. Used to, keyword, used to. He allowed what Caitlin Bennett did to target Millie. I already know who paid for that shit. They're all going to fucking go down for it. So Alex Jones, you hand me the keys to InfoWars, right? You take the debt. I'll take the station. And maybe I'll make that shit go away. Because that's what I told him. And that's what I'm sticking with. So they're going to be held accountable. Not because of revenge, okay? They're going to be held accountable for what they did to the people. But, you know, he could have gone a little bit better where he could have plead a deal. He didn't. This was the real. If you want to make the comparisons to 1776, which I'm in agreement with you, that's about the ideology, not about the physical violence. They didn't just show up. I mean, they planned the Boston Tea Party. They planned hiding in the woods when the Redcoats marched through. They specifically attacked the ships that were paying the tax and made them pay. That was a very precise attack. And uh, I'll just say this as far as Enrique is concerned. Um, you know, I, I consider Enrique a, a, a pretty close friend. I, I know some things uh, about his past, and I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked and stunned if Enrique would capitulate to the FBI or, or become some sort of... <laughs> How'd that work out? Federique, he's not going to capitulate to the FBI. He's definitely not a Fed. <laughs> oh, shit. But, you know, I had tweeted about that. I think Millie was told off by Cassandra Fairbanks for tweeting about it, that they're probably feds. Oh, yeah, really? Uh-huh. And it's like, um, <laughs> Owen, stop it. What did they tell you while you were in the show? But this is from January, so. And former against his boys. 
I don't want to say too much private stuff. I mean, maybe he'll go on record, but I'll tell you. Well, what they're um, saying is years ago, he was an informant when he was selling like medical supplies for testing for diabetes. And I know how it works. If you don't, you're not an official company, you're not allowed to resell. I looked up his stuff. He went to jail for that. So like, that's nothing. And so it's like, oh, past stuff like five, 10 years ago. And we've got, who knows? See, it doesn't matter what you did. It's when they get you and they put you in jail, right, for medical supplies, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's where they make you an asset. Remember Ali Akbar? He went to prison for like a bunch of shit, right? He got caught, credit card fraud, all this shit. And then he created like this blog. He was, uh, he was created into an operative. This is what they do. They target you while you're in jail. This is how they, this is how they work. Those of it's true, because you're right. The FBI could put anything on those reports. Well, and, I, and I'll just say this. Again, I don't want to say too much. He'll make his own statements. But I'll just say back then, um, they did try to cut deals with him to get him less jail time, and he, he didn't take them. He passed him. He did his full sentence. So That's right. So we don't believe anything the mainstream media says. Going back to... Well, do they believe now that he's a fad? Tario, in an interview with Reuters Tuesday, denied working undercover and cooperating in cases against other. I don't know any of this, he said when asked about the transcript. I don't recall any of this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To, uh, Pete Santilli, who was a political prisoner back in the Bundy Ranch days. What other comments you want to relay to people about the season we're going into of false flags, of violence, of insanity? Listen, uh, of course, rank and file, FBI, law enforcement, they're probably not involved in non-compromise, but they, at the upper echelon. And I have firsthand experience. Bundy Ranch was not a spontaneous event in April of 2014. Oh, my God. They started creating the emotional pretext. Again, who else went to jail to be tapped, Right. We could release this. We could release that. You know, he, his girl, Deb, she used to be called something else. Susanna, that's it. Her name used to be Susanna. Now it's Deb. For an indictment and information about FBI to the pressure. Previous politically challenged Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to fail if we just politically challenge him. If we just have the states organize a new declaration of independence. If we just say you're a fraud. If we're peaceful, we're going to beat him. We have the people. Trump won a landslide. They want to trick us into a violent revolution. If you think I'm wrong, don't listen, folks. That's fine. You're totally wrong. You said Federico is not a Fed. <laughs> Turns out he is. You said you hijacked these movements. Damn it. I can't find the exact clip. But don't worry. I'll find it. I'll make sure I have it ready for the January 6th committee. I don't think violent revolution is the answer. And listen, you know, you heard the boogaloo guy. Oh, you're bad. You sell things. Well, yeah, I've got a network, satellite up, links, TV, huge crew that's all paid well. We're trying to stay on air. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com today. We have the liquid turmeric extract. It's so good for your immune system. So good for... He does have really good stuff and he does have to fund his operation. I get that. That's not being a patriot. But what he did is. Push the gummy off. I want to hear from him. I don't know if he's coming up. And then we've got uh, John Rappaport loaded for bear. You take over. Hopefully Sagami's coming on for a few segments. If not, I don't know. And then we've got uh, John Rappaport coming up in the war room. that will be hosting. I'm sure he's wound up listening to me for hours. 3 p.m. Central today. Be sure and spread those links. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. It, it came in today, the 18-wheeler, and then on this info, as much as I plan. Gentlemen, we've proven we're the tip of the spear. We, we've proved by the time come, but... Uh, it's all commercials. Hold on. Because I don't want to play Scam Tilly. Um, I'm going to find that clip. I don't remember where it was exactly, where he said that he hijacked the January 5th and January 6th stuff. It's all on video. <laughs> so, again, sometimes you've got to pick the right side. You know, totally have to pick the right side, kind of like the media. The media 
pick sides too. Um, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I did tell you that he's going in. And you know, they had someone like Steve Pachenik who, who is actually terrified. Uh, never mind. I'm going to leave it out. I'm going to leave it out for now. There's no need. There's no need. There's no need. Uh, damn, you know, Bergie's like so freaking in a rush. She could have just shut the fuck up for a little bit. Anyway, um, <laughs> when you're engaging a snake, this is something that I've learned in my life. You have the choice to pick it up and warm it, knowing that it'll bite you. But just make sure you have the antidote. Make sure you have the antidote. Um, this is going to be very interesting. You know, when's it going to be my turn? My turn. Uh, so, <laughs> um, gosh, I'm stupefied for words. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think. I'm totally stupefied for words for a second. Um, whoa. <laughs> I've not been in this. I'm just going to leave it. I'm not going to say anything more. I'm just going to say I feel really bad for Roger Stone right now because his life is in the hands of Alex Jones and Ali Akbar. And Ali Akbar is like, she's out for revenge. Let me tell you something. Alex Jones, I felt sorry for. I did. I felt sorry for Alex Jones because, you know, they they grab you, they get blackmail. I don't know if you guys saw um, the movie from Movie Night yesterday, but it depicted a story of how the deep state works and how they get blackmail on people. And there was this journalist who reminded me so much of Liz Crokin in the beginning, not the end, because Liz Crokin is a total patriot, right? But in the end, the woman was so upset that her life had been in shambles. She got completely screwed and she had an opportunity to be rich, famous, writing for things, being an editor, as long as she let this dude that she hooked up at some point, but during the editing phase of this, it was a low budget film, but it was great. You know, that scene was cut out. We just saw the making out. I was like, yo, when did they hook up? But anyway, um, it was at that point that she had to make a decision. Does she let him die and say nothing? right? Or does she stand up for the truth? Because she had the ability to do so. And there are people that they find you in your weakest moments. Maybe when you're going through a divorce, maybe when they find out that you have a cocaine or some other addiction problem, right? And they come at you and they tell you, you will be destroyed. You will be destroyed because we're going to tell everyone about your drug habit. We're going to destroy you. You're going to lose your whole fortune. We're going to destroy 20 years of your career, you know, and we're going to destroy you because maybe you like, you know, trannies and we have video of you, or maybe you like, you know, being dominated by little skinny, you know, dudes, right? Whatever. So they grab a hold of you. They capture you. You see, this is why I like pa Patrick Burnside deep capture. They capture you and they put you in the position where you're like, you will lose everything. You will be a bum on the fucking street. You will be homeless. You will be begging for food 
or you compromise and we'll leave you alone and we'll leave you alone. And you just do the little things we do, but we won't push that much to destroy your image because we need you there. See, this is how they operate. So I felt bad for Alex Jones, really bad. But when he allowed the person who gave the order to attack Millie Weaver to implicate my minor child, fuck you. All bets are off. So for that reason, I have no sympathy whatsoever. He's going to be exactly where he would have been 10 years ago, right? Because he chose the wrong side. He chose evil. He took it there. The fact that he allowed the harassment of a minor that was a victim, that is pure and utter evil. And for that reason, I have no no, nothing. Because here's the thing. He's going to get fucked anyway, but he's going to be extra fucked because that's going to be brought into light. How Alex Jones used a child that was a victim to amplify his message. See, I could take that portion out of it. So at least people, he can spin a story and lie to the world, just like you heard him lying in January about something. So those, you know, People that don't pay attention, that don't listen, might feel bad for him, right? Might feel bad for him. I would allow that, but those people will not feel bad for him when that is solidified and publicly proper shafted, right? He's going to be proper shafted. It's going to be a shaft he's never felt before. And the thing is, I can make it go all the way. I, he, you know, what do I want? You give me your keys, and turn it over so they can't take it away from you. And then you just endure what they have for you. Or you'll lose everything to them because I'm not going to get anything out of it. But what I will get is I will destroy you for doing that to my child. That's what happens. See, I'm okay. I'm okay with, you know, hey, you got captured, dude. You picked the wrong shoe to wear. That's on you, right? And you let the person you know, destroy themselves, right? You don't interrupt that shit. But when it comes to me and my child, that's where I get a say, okay? That's where I get a say. And at that time, I say, all right, listen, you give me the keys to InfoWars, I won't bring that shit up in court. When you're down, I won't make that freaking headline news. Pick. Pick. Because you already got the intention to sue document. That shit's coming. Please do not mistake in silence as a weakness. So this is how it goes. But the thing is, in order to do that, <laughs> I'm going to have to expose who told Alex Jones to fire Millie because that same person gave the idea, hey, Caitlin Bennett, do a hit piece on Millie and use Tori's kid in it, please. Same person that blackmailed Alex Jones to do it. So <laughs> think of it this way. If for some reason the mastermind behind this bullshit gets away with it, because I don't know, maybe they're popular, people love them. Unfortunately for you, because it has to do with my kid, you're going to get fucked too, because I will make sure it hurts hard. So I'm just saying, this is how you do things the right way. And the thing is, you can't hurt me 
You can't change it. That shit's already out there. It's already with lawyers. I'm just waiting to get that shit filed. I have to wait until this portion of it is. Because you know what? The person that paid for all this, they might actually slip away. They might, right? They might. But unfortunately (laughs) for them, right, I'm so angry and I must defend my child that once you slip away, I'm going to take that shit right back and I'm going to destroy you. That is how it goes. So I'm just saying patience is a virtue. I don't have a lot of patience, but for shit like this, I do. And I'm more than happy. Think of it this way. Who is ordering groups? in chats, on platforms, on Twitter, on Telegram to ban anything that states my name. Who is giving orders to Carly Boone to block my information? Hmm? Can they all be coordinated? Just, that's because they're toy soldiers or shit now. Because see, the people do not need power from one person. The people need power from themselves. The people need power from themselves. And the problem is, is that a lot of big movers and shakers, kind of like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, right? They've got the whole media on their side. They've got all these corporations on their side. They've got all this shit on their side, right? They've got fake Republicans, real Republicans, all on their side. Yet they're still fucking losing. Why? Because they don't have the people. So when you see personas that are up there, like, you know, influencers, MAGA patriots, or whatever you want to call it. Where are they now? Oh, they say smart things every now and then, but where are they now? How many of them, oh, wait till you see this documentary. You will be so angry. You're going to be like, shut up. I funded that person. Shut up. I thought they were a real patriot. Stop it. Are you kidding? Because like I said, you're watching a movie, a complete movie. Now, the only way to destroy an enemy is not by attacking the enemy, but it's allowing the enemy to be in its own element. Take it the way President Trump did it. He didn't care that people were attacking him. He still said what he said. And every single time he said what he said, another support net would disappear. MSNBC disappeared. CBS support disappeared. You know, New York Times, broke, they had to be bought. CNN, fuck, they had to be bought. All these, because what you do is, when you have an enemy that thinks they're smart, you take out their support system. Now think about it. President Trump took on the biggest support system, which is the globalist. He put the right people in the right places in the beginning, got swift shit done, and they kicked them out. But that was the beginning. The next part was the people. So he has the largest army. It's a global army, right? He doesn't have just in the U.S. He's got a global army. So right now you're seeing a rhetoric of how weak he is. Or look, he's dumping this. Or look, maybe we need someone else. Or look. (laughs) Well, that's where people like me come in. And we destroy the rest of the foot soldiers that want to garner that power that was lost by the media and the Bidens. And instead of harnessing that power under one name, you give it right back to the people. See, this is how things work. Now, Tori, why are you saying the plan? Because it's already done. This week is going to be so good 
it's going to be incredible. And then the week after that is even going to be more incredible. I mean, they're already infighting because they don't know what to do. They have no idea what to do. And could you imagine Hunter Biden's laptop being linked to Epstein? Stop it. Or Ghislaine Maxwell? Stop it. Yeah, fuck it is. So there's a lot. There's a lot of rhetoric going around. Here's what I would highly suggest. And I'll never tell you what to do except for trust yourself. You have your own mind. You don't need me to tell you what to think. You have your own gut. You don't need me to tell you what you think, right? You need to think for yourself. What sounds right and what doesn't? You make your own decisions. You don't follow anyone. You don't listen to me. You don't listen to anybody. You listen to yourself. And then everything, when you take it from a high, you know, perspective, like from the moon, shit just starts to make sense. All these puzzle pieces are coming together. All of them. Boom. Your gut, I've said this before, has an independent neuronal feedback system. That's why people say trust your gut because it doesn't go through the whole thought process of does that make sense? Well, let me analyze it. It simply reacts. And that is what is disconnected from that reptilian thought of, you know, devil's advocate. Well, let me think of this and let me think of that. How many people talk shit about Kyle Rittenhouse? Tons. I didn't say shit. I just said, they're coming for your guns because that's exactly what they're doing. They failed with Kyle Rittenhouse because they thought this old judge, you know, we'll get a senior judge. He's on his way out. He'll get great retirement. He was like, fuck that. I don't want my career to know that I'm the one and the reason that the second amendment was removed. I'm not dying on that hill. See, this is the problem when you pick senior judges. They assume, because this is where politics play in, that a senior judge is going to discount the law and simply rule in your favor because you're on your way out, dude. You know, you're on your way out. You were appointed. You're getting a half load. You're halfway in retirement. And this is where they made a mistake. This is where they made a mistake because that judge wasn't going to allow that. He was going to allow to have that on his record that when he dies 10 years from now, his kids, 20 years from now, his grandkids, great grandkids, and all, and all descendants after will remember that that's the judge that put a knife to the back of the Second Amendment. No way was he going to do that. No way was he going to do that. He could see that. He's been on the bench for a while. Played politics. Didn't play politics. Who knows? But the bottom line is, he's like, I am not dying on that hill. Fuck that. I'm not exiting my career being the sole reason that the Second Amendment is gone. And that's why I also shared that video where these people were protesting and made absolutely zero sense. They're coming for your gun. Gosser, Paul Gosser shared this, this, this mean anime of AOC being stabbed. You know, if I wasn't traveling and I was on that, I would have requested that anybody on Twitter post the fucking headless shot of President Trump. That would have shut it up right quick. Oh, does that hurt you? But you're okay with a headless President Trump, right? Because that's art. Well, we're going to NFT the shit out of it. We're going to immortalize on the blockchain, and they can't do fuck all about it, that cartoon of AOC, and then more of them. Maybe we'll continue the cartoon. Maybe we'll have Kathy Griffin come along in the next script and hold AOC's head and say, art, right? Because we can't, right? Because we can't. The reason they came after him was what? 
It had nothing to do with AOC being attacked. It would, had everything to do with his probes into labeling Americans terrorists or flagging them so they can't have guns. That's what came. That is what is happening. Oh, you don't believe me yet? Okay. Well, this is why we need to pay attention to what comes after. When you pay attention to what comes after, everything makes sense. You roll out your relics that are supposedly great people and you tell the world what to think. Here we go. I have a few more words on the Rittenhouse trial that ended and the Aubrey case that is in its final stages. In just a few months, we're going to be facing the 10-year anniversary since the killing of Trayvon Martin when the stand your ground laws became a national issue. And we never really dealt with it. We never really legislated on it on a federal level. And now we need to, as a movement, as a country, make the Congress and the Senate deal with new gun laws. We just had ministers do a big rally and prayer vigil in Brunswick, Georgia, around the case of Ahmaud Arbery. Now I'm going back to join the family there this weekend. I would be concerned of having a prayer vigil. Would somebody come there saying, I'm coming to defend something? And if they can get in an altercation with somebody on the side, a verbal altercation, and could take out a gun, an AR-15 at that, and shoot somebody, we're under real threat. So we are, in my opinion, we are mandated to try to make laws. We did not do that with Stand Your Ground. We must make very clear laws to protect all. Because you must remember, as over 300 ministers answered our call, National Action Network and mine and others, to come to Brunswick and pray. After one of the defense lawyers got up, when I went there Wednesday before last and said, no more black pastors. Al Sharpton, was he the pastor now? And then he called the gathering when those 300 came. He got up the next day in court and called it a lynch mob that we come to as a lynch mob for his defendant. But I guess you see ministers praying as a lynch mob if you see a young black man jogging as a thief when nothing was stolen and he had no weapon and didn't threaten you. That is the basis of this trial, in my opinion. We'll be right back. Okay, so that relic came out pushing things. But then they actually carried another relic down the street because it was important to march for Black Lives Matter, right? So let's just wait till this stupid ad is over. Here we go. Today, the Reverend Jesse Jackson will lead a march through Kenosha, Wisconsin, Wisconsin in, in response, response to, to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. CBS News' Meredith Barrick now joining us from the Streetside studio. And Meredith, Reverend Jackson says that he's hoping people in Washington are going to take notice. Suzanne, Reverend Jackson, and several others plan to retrace the route Kyle Rittenhouse took the night he killed two men and injured another. Reverend Jackson also says he plans on calling on the Department of Justice, Justice to investigate what he calls federal crimes committed by Rittenhouse the night of those fatal shootings. This all comes just one day after hundreds of people shut down some streets here in Chicago to protest Rittenhouse's acquittal. The protest started at Federal Plaza and snaked through major arteries of downtown. They stopped traffic on Michigan Avenue for some time. People from holiday celebrations even joined in or looked on. 
protesters criticized the country's criminal justice system, while earlier in the day, Reverend Jackson called Rittenhouse's acquittal a miscarriage of justice. The world will be his prison. We go, people say that they got to kill two people. So he'll, he'll have the burden of this, uh, on his conscience for a long time. The march in Kenosha today, led by Reverend Jackson, will begin at 2 p.m. at Civic Center, Center Park. Reporting live from our Streetside studio, I'm Meredith Barrick, CBS 2 News. So right now, we have the Democrats literally fighting for a guy that anally assaulted children under 11. <laughs> so weird. So weird. It's so bizarre. And they are clearly, clearly on the side of you should not have the right to protect yourself. Do you guys remember when the riots happened in the summer where there was this guy completely beat to death by skateboards? I saw that and I don't fear anything, right? There's nothing I fear, right? Oh yeah. If someone comes at me and shoots me or bashes my head in with a skateboard, I'm going to be scared just that moment only because it'll be like, damn, is this how I die? This is really fucked up. But I can tell you that every single time I was in D.C. and I saw these skateboarders, that's the only thing I could see, that he took the skateboard and was bashing it into that guy's head. And there was like a bunch of people, like the guy was left for dead. His teeth were knocked out. You could see the teeth going out, right? It was terrible. And they called them peaceful protesters. So before we get into that, because we got to talk about that, I want you to remember why I had told you months ago that they're coming for your guns and they were banking on this Rittenhouse case. They were really banking on it. Take a listen. The idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic and it's an international embarrassment. First, we will ensure that we understand and measure the problem of criminal gun trafficking in a data-driven way. Over 20 years ago, ATF undertook a gun trafficking study. It then issued a report that provided information necessary to better understand and to combat criminal trafficking networks. No such study has been conducted since that time. Accordingly, I have directed ATF to begin work on an updated study of criminal gun trafficking one that will take into account the fact that modern guns are not simply cast or forged anymore, but can also be made of plastic, printed on a 3D printer, or sold in self-assembly kits. Second, we will close a regulatory loophole that has contributed to the proliferation of so-called ghost guns. Federal law requires that manufacturers mark all firearms with serial numbers so they can be traced if they are used in crimes. It also requires licensed firearms dealers to run background checks to ensure that individuals who are barred by law from purchasing firearms cannot do so. The emergence of ghost guns threatens both of these important law enforcement objectives. Third, we will make clear that statutory restrictions on short-barreled rifles apply when certain stabilizing braces are added to high-powered pistols. Federal law requires the taxation and registration of all short-barreled rifles. It does so because these weapons are powerful, yet easily concealable. 
Currently, however, some manufacturers market and some individuals purchase certain kinds of stabilizing braces that, when attached to a pistol, effectively convert it into a short-barreled rifle, a weapon that is, in the words of the statute, quote, intended to be fired from the shoulder. During my campaign for president, I wanted to make it easier for states to adopt extreme risk protection order laws. They're also called red flag laws, which everybody in this lawn knows, but many people listening do not know. These laws allow a police or family member to petition a court in their jurisdiction and say, I want you to temporarily remove from the following people any firearm they may possess. So just so that you understand, this is how 11.5 million Americans are put on a list. It's pretty insane. They actually have to show proximity to you and they have to be requesting that. Um, that's only if the state abides by red flag laws to be able to accept that. See, the Karens, I told you, the ones that turn on the ovens, there we go. It's all about your guns. Here is what the White House, responding to Kyle Rittenhouse, had to say. Hey there, good evening, Shep. And when that verdict was announced, the courthouse steps were filled with protesters, some here to support Kyle Rittenhouse, many more, though, wanting to see him spend the rest of his life in jail. Take a look now outside the courthouse. It is, for the most part, empty. Certainly more media here than protesters at this point. Still, the fallout from this verdict continues, including from the families of those shot. They're not happy with the verdict at all. In a statement, the parents of Anthony Huber wrote, we are heartbroken and angry that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted in his criminal trial for the murder of our son, Anthony Huber, there was no justice today. The defense attorney for Rittenhouse telling reporters today that they decided to put Rittenhouse on the stand and that it really wasn't a question as they were moving forward. We had a mock jury um, and we did two different juries, one with him testifying, one without him testifying. It was substantially better when he testified, I mean, to a marked degree and that sealed it. But the spokesperson for the Rittenhouse family tells Fox News that he's happy Kyle can move on with his life and that Kyle told him thank you via text. The trial has been a political flashpoint since the start. Republicans in Congress today applauding the verdict, while President Biden, who during the 2020 campaign suggested that Rittenhouse was a white supremacist, was asked whether he stood by that comment. Well, look, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it. Guess they didn't use the magic wheel now, did they? Now we're going to go for a break. I thought we could do two things. One, watch a video about stuff we're not going to talk about. That's quite informative that um, was shared. I've shared it on my social media. And two, we're going to listen to a really kick-ass mashup. Here we go. Baker County High School senior collapsing on the tennis courts. Breaking new details on the deaths of a high school soccer player. Finland, Denmark star man Christian Eriksson collapsing towards the end of the first half. Kennedy High community mourning tonight after one of their high school football players died. A South Carolina high school football player has died after collapsing at football practice. Star college basketball player collapsing on the court. We want to warn you, the video may be difficult to watch. Florida Gators star Keontae Johnson collapsing during the game. 
game. A West Catholic high school student has died after collapsing during a football scrimmage. On mile eight, she suddenly felt fuzzy and blacked out. 17-year-old Ryan Jacobs' heart stopped. Unexpectedly collapsed on the field. Megan went into cardiac arrest. Collapsing during Friday night's football game. That's how my priest died. He was getting ready for service, getting things together to open up the doors of the church for Sunday service. And he just keeled over as he was just doing his thing. All of a sudden, just keeled over. But you know, it's not the vaccine, you guys. It's fucking climate change, of course. On that note, let's take a quick break and listen to this music. That's a dope remix, right? That's a dope remix. All right. So uh, how do you wake people up? You can't. You can't force people to see what's going on. You can't. You can't. You simply cannot. The only thing you can do is pray that they can see and hear as soon as possible. You can say anything you want to them. If their ears and eyes can't hear and see, they will not see. And this is why it's taken four years of being on air, kind of just giving you as much information as possible. I know of no safer depositor of the ultimate powers of society but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, freedom of choice, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform them their discretion by education. This is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional powers. That is something Thomas Jefferson said. And it's so vital to our nation that as I watched 2014 and 2015 unfold, I I immediately remembered. Troll is a drug. And they can prime you to accept everything. 
there are methods in getting people to speak. Because right now, they're not even hiding what they're doing. This is MK, Naomi, like straightforward to the point. And let's pretend that three years ago I was telling you this. You'd be like, damn, this chick is trying to be Alex Jones. And salty ass Patrick Berge. Here we are sitting across from each other on January 7th. And I'm like, yo, you and me can sigh up the fuck out of everyone and fix this instantly. And he looked at me. I hate this salty bitch. He's like, why don't you just continue what you're doing? Truth is the best. And I was like, dude, we need something fast. He's like, nope, we're going to use truth. And that's it. I was there. I was there. And I said it. I was so upset because... What I saw was that there was an infiltrator, an agency asset that nobody in the media wants to talk about. They mention that was behind ensuring that January 6th would go forward. And we're not talking about Akbar. We're talking about the person that, that, that actually deployed this, right? That, was, that helped create the event, that helped put them on the pedestal so people accept and follow. And the one that helped approach people we need to unite to unite we can't fight the only two people that said fuck that was me and bergie i mean millie and gavin also said it when we just looked at them like fuck no so um truth hits you like a ton of bricks but it takes away all power especially when it's coupled with knowledge. It's not about telling you the truth. It's about showing you how you can see what's true. You don't need a leader. And the minute you take away the power from any leader, someone you like, someone you think is amazing, someone you love, someone you're like, yeah, you must understand how many times have we visited history together and talked about Abraham Lincoln? Do you all remember it was his closest confidant that fucked him? Do you all remember Benedict Arnold? I mean, he has a plaque in England for trying to sabotage our revolution. But remember, he was a patriot first. He went to war. He got hurt. And then he turncoated. See, everybody has a price. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. Everybody has a price. Kind of like the movie we saw yesterday. Everybody has a price. There is not one person that does not have a price. And they say, well, I'm willing to pay that price because I'm going to do good. And I will lead this. And this is the right thing to do. The right thing to do. Careless shit of George Washington. Careless shit of Lincoln. Who's going to listen to them? Because if you remember that when we revolted against England, we were a baby. We had absolutely everything to lose. The Spanish, the French, the Indians, the Mexicans, they would come and take us out because we would not have protection of the crown. We would not have food. We would not have money, right? And all the people in the United States were like, fuck that. We're going to leave from underneath the skirt of the crown. Are you kidding? Are you insane? 
Who's going to give us ships and, and guns and protection? We need the crown. We need a leader. And George Washington was like, no, man, we're our own leaders. We are the leaders of this movement, right? And it was only a small fraction. A lot of people like to say it was 3%. It fucking was not. It was not. It was not. I'm telling you. It was way less than 3%. It was a mere 1%. A mere 1%. That said, yeah, fuck it. And do you know why they fear that 1%? And do you know why they lost with that 1%? Because they were like, give me freedom or give me death. I am not doing this. I am not going to be paying taxes to the crown. I am not going to be in a castie. I want to work my ass off and claim land as I want, as I expand. I need 1%. That's all. And I will move forward, George Washington allegedly said. Because you just need 1% of really bold people that will stand against serving themselves, but instead serving their community, their people. That's what a proper statesman is. That's how I mean. So everyone's a statesman. So the minute you pull the plug on the power that those that are evil, very evil, kind of evil, sitting on the fence evil, good because they know best, better because they know super best, super good because they know super, super best and they know all of the dirty laundry, right? Even they are wrong. No matter how good you are, you do not have the right to dictate. See, I had a conversation with Gavin today. We were just talking. And the one thing that I've always said is we need to gut the agencies. Because right now what you are seeing, you know, oh, it's just the CIA. <laughs> Which CIA? If you remember, they were saying 17 intelligence agencies, duh, duh, and none of those that they were quoting were actually intelligence agencies. The FBI should be zero intelligence and only police. Evidence, law, booking. No, let me spy on you. Let me get a warrant. That's where you say, hi, I feel, yeah, sorry. We don't spy on Americans no matter how bad you think they are. CIA does not spy on American people. We're here for intelligence to protect national security interests. Now, if you think the American that you're talking about may be blowing something up, then you can talk to the Department of Homeland Security. Then they will do an independent assessment and they will see if it is required to be able to do something. You FBI stay in your fucking lane, you're cops. And you can only pursue what you have. See, that doesn't happen anymore. We've got intelligence here, intelligence there, intelligence everywhere. In other words, a police state. Now, as I said, through the elections, that was a data grab. I also told you that the testing for the vaccines was a DNA harvesting party. And today, someone leaked from Canada documentation showing the massive amount of data they're collecting on Canadians based on COVID, right? And in there, they had something called a pre-crime index. Pre-crime index. 
Minority Report, hello. I told you that was your future. I've said it many, many times. And I also told you everything that happens in Australia is less than a year, about seven to eight months behind happening here. Who's going to help them when that island is still being treated like they're packed with their own prisoners? Remember, that island was for prisoners, and the crown is treating them as a prison. And what do we know in history that clandestine activity or testing functions are done? Where? In prisons. Tiki, come on. See, this is how it is. They took your DNA because that's your ultimate identification. Now you have no way out. But as I've said many times before, the whole world is watching. Our sticker campaign is so effective that people in Ukraine are now putting stickers everywhere. People everywhere are hoping that it doesn't come to them. It's going to sweep our way. Remember, how many hours ahead is Australia? For a reason, deployment, practice, implementation. And it's coming, and it's coming to America. Think of how many hours difference. And think, during President Trump's first year, before we were able to strip the clearances that these clowns had, right? Where were they all going, you guys? Do you remember where every single one of these corrupt fuckers went? That's right. They went to Australia and New Zealand. Remember that? Hillary went there. Obama went there. Freaking Joe Biden went there. Comey went there. Everybody and their mother went to Australia and New Zealand. Why? Because they can access the Five Eyes servers without being detected. Because there, you don't have to log in with a certain credential. It's kind of like, it's not like this, but it's kind of like that. You kind of flash your badge. They check that you have access to all the systems or what clearance of access you have. And then you're able to access it. They don't log who's accessing. They just say it's a cleared access. It's different rules. If you want to look at shit, that's where you go. And if you want to look at shit, nobody knows where it is. So again, think during the first term of President Trump into the second where they all were. Now, look at where all of this shit is starting. Look at where all of the crazy shit that you would not want to see is happening. See, that's how you realize this is all a movie. You're watching a show. It'll make sense after the documentary, but a lot of you are catching on. Now, as we were saying, there's a lot of information coming out in regards to guns. And this is why they went after Paul Goss. They went after him hard. PBS even put out, ooh, you know, the Supreme Court is mulling limits of Second Amendment in New York gun law case. Limiting Second Amendment rights. Did you guys hear about that? I'm sure that your red string motherfuckers didn't talk about it. Because it's none of their business. They're instructed what to share. They're instructed what you're allowed to see. And they are instructed as what you need to be paying attention to. Let's keep you busy with the graphene oxide. Let's keep you busy with the vaccines. Let's keep you busy with all this shit. Let's keep coming. Come to our event. Pay us money and watch us speak. Why the fuck would I pay you money to watch you speak? What are you doing for me? Absolutely nothing. Go home. So, again, they're controlling 
Even the people you think are for you are controlling the information you are allowed to see. So did you hear about this report? How in New York, they are looking to limit the Second Amendment. Because one thing they need to do is disarm you, disarm you, and they have to do it the right way. They need to disarm you first because they know that you're packing. And you know what's funny? They're going after the 3D printed guns. Why? Because when they take away your guns, you're going to be printing that shit to protect your family and feed yourself. That's if you let it happen. And this is where you have control. Throw that wrench into that freaking corrupt system. Gun, Gun rights, rights and, and the, the Second, Second Amendment were front and center at the Supreme Court today. As John Yang reports, it is the first major test of gun regulations since the court said that gun ownership was a right protected by the Constitution. While the Supreme Court has said the Constitution gives Americans the right to keep a gun at home, gun rights advocates say that should apply outside the home as well. The Second Amendment doesn't end at your doorstep. Tom King is president of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. I think that someone who is not otherwise prohibited should be issued a concealed carry permit without any problems at all. King's group sued New York on behalf of two upstate members who were both denied unlimited concealed carry permits for self-defense because officials said they didn't prove they needed them. They were turned down for no reason at all. Okay, no reason given other than I don't think that you need it. When the Supreme Court recognized an individual right to gun ownership in 2008, the ruling, written by the late Justice Antonin Scalia, acknowledged that the right secured by the Second Amendment is not unlimited. Gun control backers argued that limits are needed to protect another right. Chris Brown, president of the advocacy group Brady. It's about the right to live, about our ability as Americans to walk down the street, to leave our homes, to go to church, to go to synagogue, and actually be able not to fear being shot. That's ultimately what's at stake in this case. While King, a member of the National Rifle Association's Board of Directors, said that big city gun laws do little to curb violent crime, Brown says that licensing systems like... ...that don't have robust permitting systems have on average, at minimum, about a 12% increase or spike in gun-related violence in those states. These permitting systems work. New York is one of eight states plus the District of Columbia that require gun owners to prove a need for a concealed carry permit. Some of today's oral arguments focused on the history of gun regulation in America, which the court had used to establish the right to gun ownership. Justice Sonia Sotomayor pressed the attorney arguing for the gun group on which history was relevant. In colonial America, at least four, if not five states, restricted um, concealed arms. Um, after the Civil War, there were many, many more states, some included in their constitution, that you can have a right to arms but not concealed. I don't know how I get past all that history well, without you sort of making it up and saying there's a right to control states that has never been exercised in the entire history of the United States as to how far they can go in saying this poses a danger. 
Chief Justice John Roberts asked one of the attorneys arguing in support of the New York law why someone should have to show a special need to exercise a constitutional right. So why do you have to show, in this case, convince somebody that you're entitled to exercise your Second Amendment right? You can say that the right is limited in a particular way, just as First Amendment rights are limited, uh, uh, but the idea that you need a license to exercise um, the right, I think, is unusual in the context of the Bill of Rights. That showed one indication that the Chief Justice is is thinking that, you know, there's something not quite right here about what's going on. Marsha Coyle, Chief Washington Correspondent for the National Law Journal. The court appeared just as divided as they were in 2008. And in 2008, the court was divided over what the right in the Second Amendment meant. They're looking at what is the scope of that right. Roberts and other justices pushed the gun owner's attorney on whether the right to bear arms extends everywhere. The New York City subway, crowded football stadiums. All right, let me tell you something. There's something called the 11th Amendment. Now, the 11th Amendment states that the Supreme Court cannot take what New York says and says, oh, New York wants us to make it a federal law. You can't fucking do that. The 11th Amendment clearly says that. So the fact that the Supreme Court is sitting there like, yeah, let's like think about it. It's like, no, bitch, we have the 11th Amendment. The 11th Amendment is very, very important. Now, let's go to my favorite teacher, um, high school teacher that talks about this. Quite fascinating. Hey, hey guys, welcome to Hughes History. It's back, baby. That's the Constitution for Dummy Series. We're going to have a home run with the 11th Amendment. We can do a bunch of videos on the 11th Amendment. Nobody knows the 11th Amendment. But you're going to get up and learn. Short sweet guys, this amendment really is great if you're talking about federalism. Let's read the 11th Amendment and then we'll break it down like it can't get far! The judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend to any suit in law or equity commenced or prosecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens or subjects of any foreign state. So those words are directly uh, being written to reverse something that's in the Constitution. Um, in Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, the Supreme Court has given certain powers called original jurisdiction, where they're allowed to hear certain types of cases. And uh, one of those cases was when a citizen of one state would sue another state. And the Supreme Court had the power, according to themselves, Article 3, Section 2, to hear that case. So in a sense, it's really kind of diluting the power of the state. The state's not protected against, basically, lawsuits from private citizens of other states. What are you doing? What are you punking me? I'm a state. I'm immune. So we have a Supreme Court case in 1793. It's called Chisholm versus Georgia. And it's really one of the first big star cases to hit the Supreme Court really early on in the Republic's history. We're still under like Washington times and such. Um, but in this court case, um, Chisholm uh, was suing Georgia for money that Georgia owed that him from debts occurred during the Revolutionary War. So he was all like, I'm going to take you to court, boy. It ended up in the Supreme Court. Georgia was all like, I ain't even showing up because I'm immune. I'm a sovereign. I should be immune. I'm a state, and my state shouldn't have to even answer to this ridiculous charge. Well, Georgia lost. So immediately, Congress was like, what up with that? 
So they went down the road of amending the Constitution. So in a sense, the federal government was exercising its Article 3, Section 2 powers by saying we have the ability to hear these court cases, to in a sense have the ability to put our thumb on the state. And maybe um, people were fearful that the federal government would you know, use that power, its judicial power, to uh, really go after uh, state actions. So the states respond by amending it with Congress's approval. 1795, uh, the 11th Amendment hits the books. It reverses Chisholm versus Georgia. So forevermore, if you're a citizen of New York, you can't sue New Jersey. And the courts have even interpreted it to mean that you can't even sue your own state. And certainly foreign country citizens can't sue Alabama. So in a sense, it's a win for the states. There you go. That's the 11th Amendment. I don't even know what else to say except click my face and subscribe because you win a free pony. Don't you want a free pony? I jest. Where attention goes, energy flows, guys. We'll see you next time. So he's like my favorite liberal and favorite history teacher because he does break it down. <laughs> Funny how Georgia comes circle, right? But here we are having exactly the same argument with Paxton versus PA. It was a state versus a state, which is something that SCOTUS can hear. But they can't tell another state what laws they implement. The two states, that's never been debated, and it was debated, oh, you know, we're not going to do it. Now, if I decide to sue a state um, and take it to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court could say, well, I can't do it. So here's the thing. New York is about to try to make a really dangerous law, a really dangerous law. Law. Tori, they're not making law. They're making case law. It's the same fucking thing. People use case laws. In. So... As I've said, in order to make law, you have to use the court system. What we have been doing by filing cases is creating case law, right? So New York State is going to SCOTUS to say you need to limit it everywhere. And you need to do this. That's their argument. So now they're thinking of, oh, well, we'll opine and we'll be on the fence and we'll, uh, uh, uh. they can't. The 11th Amendment is key. So they can't take away our guns with the 11th Amendment in place. So what do we do? What do we do in the case that they're just doing things and they don't care? Well, we just pay attention. In the meantime, we should look at states, you know, like, you know, Ohio, North Dakota, Kentucky, that have high gun ownership and low gun deaths. Because... It's very important for people to understand we love our guns, right? But why do we have them is the question. Kind of like New York's like, yeah, you can't prove that you need it. I mean, you know, but you have your gun for what? To protect your family. You don't, uh, those that conceal and carry and walk around with it, uh, it could be for protection. They are responsible owners. They know not to draw the gun. See, a gun owner that's responsible is the least likely to draw their weapon, the least likely to draw their weapon in an altercation. That is a fact. The least likely to draw their weapon. You have to be coming at them with like, you know, a machete or point a gun to them to shoot them in order for them to draw their weapon. That is responsible gun ownership to understand the power that a weapon actually yields. You can't have a weapon like that and not know the consequences. Taking a person's life is huge. I would never take a person's life. Telling you that straight out. Like, even if they were a zombie, I'd find it really, really hard to stab them in the brain. 
I have taught my kids the same thing. I don't care if you're at war and it's an enemy. You disable them from coming at you. You shoot their hand so they can't shoot you. You shoot their kneecaps so they have to crawl, right, if they're coming at you with a machete. Taking a life is a big deal, a big deal, a big deal. Now, obviously, in an altercation where you're at last minute and you have a skateboard coming at your face or a gun at your face, you might not be paying attention to make sure that you hit knees, you know, hands, right? But it's very important for people to understand that. I mean, I have a great shot. 150 yards with my AR-15, I can knock a tooth out on the, you know, little, the little guy, the target practice. I have really good aim. Considering that I wear glasses, I have really good aim without glasses. I think it's because it's steady, right? If I can see the target a little bit, I have pretty good aim. But we always have to be aiming for the right places. And that's really, really important. Really, really important. And that's something that responsible gun owners know. So I never shoot to kill ever, 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 ever. I will never take that judgment on them. I would rather them come at me with a machete and I'm defending my life and they have to be crippled for the rest of their life rather than me take their life. Uh, this is how I would, um, I mean, I always suggest that I taught my kids that my kids have been shooting since they were, you know, I think Phoebe picked up her first weapon when she was five. Um, archery, everything. It's always important to have really good training and to not shoot to kill. I am for that. I don't shoot to kill. I don't. I am against that. I do not take someone's life ever. That's me, right? Everybody else is different. That's me. It should be for defense, right? And yeah, when your life is at threat, someone's like, well, I have the right to take the life. I'm going to tell you, no matter how much at threat you are, like Kyle Rittenhouse, even though he was defending his life, he will be plagued with the fact that three souls, no matter how corrupt and evil they are, um, well, you know, two souls were taken with his hand. The other one, well, he took his bicep. So I, this is, this is, you know, this is something that is a really hard thing. A lot of people that have been in the war zone that have shot people knowing it was for protection, still feel that guilt, even though they know that they shouldn't have done that. This is why they have PTSD. So uh, this is just my two cents. You know, um, life, no matter how evil someone is, is precious. And remember, hell is having to live with what you've done and regret. So remember that. Now, speaking of regret... I wanted to remind you guys of this clip. Where is it? Hold on. I want you to, I wanted to remind you of Kamala Harris. So you remember Kamala Harris had funded to bail out Antifa back in the summer. Do you guys remember this reporting? Hold on. Let me play that audio clip. Here we go. This came from Voice of America. Listen to this. The start of the protests sparked by the death of George Floyd on May 25th. Over 10,000 people have been arrested in the United States. Some had the ability to pay their bail. Many others were helped by a charity organization called the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Two weeks ago, our organization had two staff members that were paid staff and about eight volunteers. 
um, with about a budget of $150,000 for the entire year as an organization to, to get people out on bail as well as immigration detention bond. Um, as of Monday, we had about $31 million in our account from over 900,000 individual donors. To handle new donations and requests, the organization invited more volunteers. Their goal remained the same, help people before court hearings take place. So it's just helping them establish that first step so that they can be released from custody and then find an attorney, start collecting whatever evidence they might need for their case. There's been a lot of discussion as, you know, who, who are you bailing out? Are you helping white supremacists? Are you getting all these people out that shouldn't be getting out? Our focus has always been the most vulnerable people in our community that need the help, especially those that have been vocal and been doing so in order to help their, their community continue to improve. Despite the fact that the wave of protests throughout the U.S. is declining, employees and volunteers at the Minnesota Freedom Fund believe it will not affect the number of arrests. If anything, this number might go up in the near future. So many of the protesters have been getting arrested and then just given a ticket and released. They're not actually being detained. So what we're starting to see now is law enforcement with the use of facial recognition technology as well as some other surveillance and technology that they're getting from cameras and things throughout the city is that arrests are really starting to pick up now where people are actually being detained and we anticipate this to be going on into the next few months. When Minnesota Freedom Fund was created, their idea was to help those who got jailed within the state. But because of current events, the charity organization has been trying to help people outside the state as well. The largest bail they're working on right now is $500,000. However, for now, the fund has temporarily stopped accepting new donations, encouraging people who wanted to donate money to send it instead to the George Floyd Family Fund and the Black Lives Matter movement. Huh, money laundering anyone, but here's the funny part. Nothing says Voice of America better than hearing your Russian correspondent put that shit out there. $31 million overnight. And remember Kamala Harris donated to that fund. Do you remember Senator Harris donating proudly to that fund? Let me remind you how she and Joe Biden feel about America. This is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop, and they should not. A third straight night, Portland police declared a riot. The vast majority of the protests have been peaceful. Over the weekend, 59 officers injured and 47 people arrested. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announcing a proposal to cut a billion dollars from the New York City Police Department. We need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. See, that is Biden's America. And this is what's funny. They talk about the person of interest in the holiday parade. They wanted to keep it kind of simple. But you know what I liked? I liked the coverage that Fleckus gave. So we're going to watch his coverage on this because this is how they try to flip it. But we're going to start at this point first. This is your peaceful protester who was so upset with the Kenosha thing that he took everything into his own you know hands listen to this and as soon as we fall out all of a sudden now i'm a pet 
10 years ago, 2006, I caught a case with my oldest daughter's mama. Yes, my baby mama. She's from Oakland. I was busting moves in Nevada. I meet the bitch. She says she want to get down, so I'm pimping on the bitch. I'll take her to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I get cracked. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the bitch was 16 at the time. She gave a statement to the police and told them, yeah, she was hoeing, that I was pimping, and, and uh, that she was 16. Oh, so that's why you're a pedophile. Got it. What a good violent pedophile attacked innocent people in Waukesha, Wisconsin last night, killing five and injuring 40 others. The mainstream media refuses to look into the suspect's past and background and social media posts to come to any conclusions as to what the motive was. But at Fleckus Talks, we refuse to do that. We did some digging and we have some stuff we think you should see. Daryl Brooks killed five people, injured 40 others when he drove his SUV into the Waukesha Christmas Parade. He has an extensive criminal record. He was arrested three times in the last two years. The most recent was on November 2nd, and he was released on a $1,000 bail bond on November 19th, just two days before the incident. Uh, Jack Posobiec actually had a great tweet that basically sums up what's going on. He said, the same people who told you for 14 months that Kyle Rittenhouse intentionally murdered BLM protesters are now telling you that a career criminal unintentionally ran over a Christmas parade. That's the big difference. This was a Christmas parade, mostly white people. There's a group called the Dancing Grannies there all having a nice time, and this man, Daryl Brooks, drove his SUV straight through the crowd, didn't decelerate, didn't try to avoid people, didn't honk to warn anybody, and the mainstream media is saying that he was getting away from a knife incident, a knife fight, and that was what he had to do. So here are some social media posts from Daryl Brooks the mainstream media does not want you to see. Uh, two days ago, he posted how upset he was with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, the not guilty verdict. In June of 2020, he posted, learned and taught behavior. So when we start back knocking white people the fuck out, I don't want to hear it. The old white people too. Knock them the fuck out, period. So I guess he got his wish. Some of the people that were killed in the incident were part of the Dancing Grannies crew a group of older women who go around dancing at local events in Wisconsin. There's tons of posts like that, a lot of anti-police posts, anti-white posts. He even posted about how Black Friday stems from slavery. And this was his excuse for why he's a convicted pedophile. And then as soon as we fall out, all of a sudden, now I'm a pedophile. Let me explain that. Ten years ago, 2006, I caught a case with my oldest daughter's mama. Yes, my baby mama. She's from Oakland. I was busting moves in Nevada. I meet the bitch. She says she want to get down, so I'm pimping on the bitch. I'll take her to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I get cracked. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the bitch was 16 at the time. She gave a statement to the police and told them, yeah, she was hoeing, that I was pimping, and, and uh, that she was 16. Oh, so that's why you're a pedophile. Got it. What a good guy. We should we should give this guy a second chance. Don't say second chance. He's already been let out like five times, so... This is who should be out in the streets. Why is Wisconsin releasing so many pedophiles out into the streets during these chaotic times? I don't know. That's weird, too. We should look into that. So clearly this guy is race-obsessed. He definitely had his brain poisoned by the media. Uh, let's see how people are reacting to it. Let's go to our friend Tariq Nasheed and see what he had to say. Why are so many people making the Waukesha incident racial? Is there any proof race was a motivating factor? Keep in mind, Tariq Nasheed when it came to the Kyle Rittenhouse incident, said suspected white supremacist murderer Kyle Rittenhouse was allegedly being groomed to become a killer cop. So that's his take there, but I guess now it's time to wait for all the facts. And even when the facts are there, don't look too hard. Another Democrat official called it karma for the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Uh, I don't know how it's karma when it's all innocent people at a Christmas parade. 
not when a young 17-year-old's getting violently attacked by a pedophile at a riot. I don't see how those two things are the same. Many people were making jokes how the SUV was acting in self-defense. Here we have someone saying they wish it was a MAGA parade. That's yeah, normal. Wish death upon your political opponents. And that's kind of the problem here, too. It's like we're so politically divided that we're not even seeing these people as people. We're seeing them as with us or against us, or at least the left is. So now we have their political opponents. Remember this in uh, Portland as well. When the Trump supporter was shot dead in Portland, there weren't many people putting politics aside to denounce the violence. They were kind of like, well, that was one of ours against one of theirs, and they're happy with how it played out. Twitter, mainstream media, everyone on social media is rushing to say five people dead and 40 injured after a car drives to a parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. A car drives to a parade, not a person. But when someone gets shot with a gun in self-defense, it's a person's a murderer because he's a white supremacist. But now a car did something bad. You notice how the mainstream media is taking their time to get the facts right on this one. NPR didn't even really cover it today. They've been talking about climate change all morning. And people like D.L. Hewley, who are always out saying, oh, imagine if it was a black person, how much different it would be. They would never be taken peacefully into custody. What happened here? Daryl Brooks was arrested, taken into custody without issue, even though he killed five people and injured 40 others. So when you have a situation where the media is constantly talking about police brutality, racism, white supremacy, you get people like this who are mentally ill, mind-poisoned, pedophile criminals willing to do atrocious acts, terrorist acts, and then when they do, it actually gets ignored. We have a lot of the facts. We are able to extrapolate. This guy drove into a crowd of people. They said he was fleeing a knife attack, a, a violent incident, but you don't really need to drive into people accelerating without warning to get away from a knife attack. These are the same people that told you that Kyle Rittenhouse's self-defense was not self-defense and that this is a proper way to get away from a knife attack, I guess. It makes no sense to me either. Let's continue to watch and see how the mainstream media covers it. And let's look for the the two different worlds that they're living in and the two different realities they're trying to shape. Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist, violent terrorist, and this guy was just an innocent black guy trying to get away from a knife incident. Doesn't make much sense to me. Thank you guys for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, all the good stuff. Christmas is coming. We have a Black Friday sale on all of our t-shirts. They're under $20 when you use code Jerry. We have shirts like this, Trader Joe's, the Clintons, Arrest Cuomo, all the good stuff. Get yours while you still can. Thank you for watching. We'll see you at the next one. I love the way Fleckus breaks things down. You know, that is how things should be done, right? This is how things should be done correctly, without super bias, and just calling it like it is. It's pretty incredible if you think about it, what they did. Because I'm telling you, if the shooter was a black man, you know all of us would be right behind him and uh, <clears throat> uh, supporting him because he did it in self-defense. So it's um, it's quite fascinating to see it like that, isn't it? Quite fascinating. Now, I would show the scenes from who, what, when, where, but they're just so horrific to think dancing grannies and kids were being run over. It is extremely sad. Uh, you don't know what to say or, or how to say it. There's a lot of things happening. And, you know, I saw a message fly by on Telegram where someone was like, oh, I got like this sneaky message about this. For those that think that I'm attacking a certain person and I should stop, that person should know that I've got the audio and I can make it go viral because when they hear who instructed Alex Jones to fire Millie, when they hear it,
with his own mouth, you're fucked. The people will drop you faster than anything. I'm being, I'm being kind. I'm being kind. I'm being very fucking kind. I'm sitting on it. Because after you destroy yourself is when I say, see, I had this. Because this is what you do. So when you guys see that and hear it, paper trail, right? From phone, everything, documented. It's going to be terrible. But I don't stoop to your level, right? I used to be on the floor eating dirt, right? I stand up on my own two feet. I don't need to bury you to stand. You're going to bury yourself. You're doing a great job at it. So if anyone's giving shit, why is she bad talking this? I think she's talking about this person. You can speculate, but you'll see it yourself. I said it back in August. Ali Akbar, I'm going to make you my bitch. And you're going to be my bitch. I think I told him that before he attacked Millie and I. Months before. Dude, you're going to jail. And that was kind of more of a, I already know your future. But in regards to this one individual, hey, they're still alternate timelines. When you get random messages from me, I wish Tori would stop. She doesn't know it's like this. Huh? I don't say things without receipts. I do not say things without receipts. Ever. Can't wait to be called in to Congress. Maybe I'll play the audio there too. (laughs) Or the other ones or the text messages. Shit, I don't know which one. That's like, I mean, if they compel me to, fuck. I have no choice, right? So see, that's how it goes. They say all fair in love and war or whatever. This is war, so everything's fair. But I like to be not the person that draws. I don't want to draw you draw the line for your fate. You should have that command. There's always something called free will. And what you're going to see is that the people are going to uprise the minute they see it, hear it. You think you're on life support now? Dang. Test me. God bless everyone. See you tomorrow.